0: Hello, this is Daryl Kessel with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, May 11th, 2018, and on today's report, I will be talking about the bicentennial of the birth of Karl Marx and what his life has meant to the world for 200 years and what it means to us today. Marx was born May 5th, 1818, and lived for 64 years He was born into a middle-class family. He studied law and philosophy. His maternal grandfather was a Jewish rabbi, and he also had rabbis on his father's side eventually. His father joined the Evangelical Church of Prussia, but Carl was baptized into the Lutheran Church. A little after that, he was born in the small German town of Trier, but had to leave for Belgium and then France as more and more countries grew tired of those who advocated what Karl did. Eventually, he settled in London, although he was then considered a stateless person. Marxist theories about religion, society, economics, politics, are together known today as Marxism. He held that nothing much mattered in human society except class struggle. Societies developed through class struggle, which manifests itself in the conflict between the ruling classes, or what he called the bourgeoisie, and the working classes, or the proletariat. The ruling classes control the means of production, and that enables them to buy the labor of the working classes and sell it for profit. He believed that profit of the bourgeoisie was theft from the worker. Eventually, he predicted through organized revolutionary action, working classes would topple capitalism and replace it with a kind of utopia, which he called communism. I would argue that where Marxism has been tried throughout its history, it has never progressed beyond socialism. That includes Soviet Russia and China. The communist utopia has never been achieved because it is impossible to achieve in efforts to achieve it have led to the roughly 100 million deaths attributed to communism over the centuries. Although he wrote many things, including fiction and poetry, he is known for his two most famous works, number one, The Communist Manifesto, and number two, his three-volume, Das Kapital. In his poetry, he often expressed high regard for Satan and said that he had struck a deal with him in his poem, The Fiddler, he said, quote, With Satan I have struck my deal. He chalks the signs, beats time for me. I play the death march fast and free, end quote. His poetry also expresses his thirst for destruction and his hatred of the existing order of society. Some of it sounds like the biblical description of Satan's rebellion and war against God. Quote, Then I will be able to walk triumphantly like a god, Through the ruins of their kingdom, every word of mine is fire and action. My breast is equal to that of the creator, end quote. These thoughts expressed in Marx's writings led to the deaths of tens of millions, probably as many as 100 million. Whatever it has been tried, mass slaughter has been the result. Any social institution independent of the all-powerful state has been undermined and destroyed institutions such as... The New York Times and other media publications apparently see no need to apologize for their advocacy of such a violent and destructive philosophy one week before Marx's birthday. The New York Times published an op-ed piece after having previously published a string of pro-socialist articles. The op-ed was entitled, Happy Birthday, Karl Marx, You Were Right. It was written by Jason Barker, professor of cultural studies in Kyung-hee University of South Korea. It seems the New York Times is trying very hard to rehab a philosophy of murder and tyranny. Why they are doing so is anyone's guess. Marx was far more honest about the intent of communism than is the New York Times today. While the Times tries to ignore the tyranny and the destruction, Marx was quite open about it. He was open about the things he intended to destroy, number one, the family, because the family rests on capital, on private gain. He believed that in its fully developed form, the family was a bourgeois ruling class concept. Today, the family, in true Marxist thought, is under severe assault. Pro-family organizations exist. Pro-family politicians campaign. But communism, or better said, socialism's long march through our institutions of education and government have seriously eroded and degraded the family. Number two, individuality, because he envisioned egalitarianism to the social construct of capitalist society, i.e. the individual was contacted to capital itself, the abolition of freedom and individuality was his aim, as he openly admitted. The destruction of the individual was linked to the destruction of religion, especially the Christian religion and its teaching of individual responsibility, and that we are created in the image of God. This philosophy is the antithesis of American constitutional liberty because in America individuals have rights that even the majority by their combined vote cannot legally take away. The American system, as opposed to communism, lifts the individual status, and that's one of the things that made this American system so amazing, for perhaps the first time, the individual is actually important. Number three, eternal truth, or any truth beyond the truth of class struggle, the truth of each age, or the truths of the ruling class, he believed, and must therefore be overthrown. Communism does not seek to modify truth, but to overthrow and destroy it. Communism abolishes the idea of eternal truth, such as freedom and justice, and it abolishes all religion. All morality is therefore in contradiction to all past historical experience. Marxism is the antithesis of everything that is logical and good, but it is a philosophy that is broadcast to us in our living rooms on our movie screens and in news publications, every day of our lives. The nation, number four, the nation, because working men have no country, so we cannot take from them what they have not got. The proletariat must acquire the power of political supremacy and then will constitute the nation itself. The proletariat will destroy the need for nations as the antagonism between people will vanish when the means of production are in the hands of the proletariat. This philosophy is exhibited today by the continual move toward collectivization and the combining of nations into mass collectives. Number five, the past, because tradition and history are just tools of the bourgeois. Adherence to the ways of the past are designed to distract the proletariat from its drive for emancipation and for supremacy in the communist society, the present will dominate and destroy the past. This is so obvious in our society today as monuments to past lives are torn down, are vandalized, and textbooks are rewritten to eliminate our history and keep it from the minds of the young. Capitalism does not destroy itself as Marx predicted. Instead, it has ushered in the greatest period of prosperity and advancement for the greatest number of people in human history. Sanitation, running water, electricity available to virtually everyone. Preservation of food, stoves to heat the food, cars to make travel available to all, televisions, laptop computers, smartphones, on and on the list goes. Wealth is unequally distributed, but at least it exists. Even the poor have lives... Their ancestors never dreamed of. I've heard it said that the poor in capitalist societies today live better than a Roman emperor. On the other side, we have purges, starvation, the deaths of 100 million, and aggressive, power-grabbing, tyrannical philosophy in closing. Let's make a list of the top ten most successful and influential Marxist countries. I'll wait while you do that. Can't think of ten. Why about five? Okay. All right. I'll be reasonable. Name just one. Just one. The right answer is zero. There have been no examples of successful, influential Marxist countries. What was Karl Marx right about then? Nothing. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks. This is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.